This is episode 163 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are the top 10 best ways to improve urban security and winter warmth when the grid is down. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, earlier in the week I talked about that there might be a possible hurricane in the Gulf and, uh, you know, that starts the uh, PTSD starts kicking in, right? Um, so I go over to SpaceWeather.com or SpaceCityWeather.com. I uh, talked a lot about them during the Harvey during Harvey and, and all that kind of stuff, and they were given a lot of great, uh, great forecast over there. And um, they uh, talk a little bit about this. Uh, they're basically they're saying the GFS model wants to take it into Louisiana and then possibly East Texas, but they're saying that's not a very likely scenario. Um, so let me read here. Quote: Most of the other guidance is east of the GFS model showing a landfall in southeastern Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, or the Florida Panhandle. For example, here's a look at the 12Z ensemble forecast from the European model. So there's a map there if you want to go check that out. Uh, From a meteorological meteorological standpoint, this seems like a more realistic scenario. The bottom line for Texas is that while we cannot entirely rule out significant effects from the system, the overall steering pattern in the atmosphere should keep the system east of Texas. If I lived in Louisiana, including the New Orleans area, I'd be watching it fairly closely. We will, of course, continue to track it. And um, then they're uh, basically saying it's kind of tricky um, to uh, to keep up with this forecast. And so uh, something to be watching. You know, definitely if you're in the Gulf Coast, uh, you know, uh, we've we've uh, had our fair share of uh, big hurricanes and, and events this uh, this hurricane season. So uh, you want to keep a keep an eye on that and see where it's going to be heading because we know that uh, just the, from uh, past history here that uh, they can go all over the place. So uh, that's um, I think it's, they believe it's going to turn into a hurricane, so Hurricane Nate. So I'm going to link to SpaceCityWeather.com if you're on the Gulf Coast. Uh, you'll you know you might want to go check that one out. Uh, it's a good website and they always have good forecasts there. All right, hey, I received a comment from Brian Hawkins, and he, he runs NextStepSurvival.com. He said, uh, for episode 162, so yesterday's uh, podcast, he said, Great show, Todd. I saved the multi-use for salt article on Survival Sullivan to my uh, Evernote app to print off later. And that's a, that's a, good, uh, a good idea. You know, a lot of, these, a lot of the, the websites do have a function. I know like Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's, uh, has uh, the ability to print off their articles because their their articles are so um, so important. I think mean, medical preparedness is so important. So if you have a preparedness binder, if you're doing that kind of stuff, I haven't heard a lot about preparedness binders recently. Uh, when I first started Prepper website, you would always hear about that, and you would hear about people who had you know big volumes of of things that they had printed off and saved on the internet. Uh, I think a lot of people are saving things. They're just doing a little bit more electronically. Um, uh, you know, Brian said, hey, I'm saving it to my Evernote app. And you can do that. So there's a lot of apps, especially if you have a Chrome browser, where you can kind of save it and put it in a, in a specific place and then later on go and, and you know, print it out or whatever. 
Um, there's also apps on, on the Chrome browser that will allow you to uh, turn an article into a PDF and then print it out. So um, thanks uh, for the comment, Brian. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's good. That's something good that everybody can do, right? Uh, good advice that anybody can do out there. If there's an article out there that really, um, uh, you know, is, is one that you want to save, there is ways that you can save it. Uh, electronically, but then you can also save it a hard copy if you want to uh, uh, put it in a binder. So um, thanks for uh, reminding us to do that, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, I also received a, a message on or instant message from Adam on in, on Instagram, which is which is different for me because I, I normally don't receive uh, messages on Instagram. So. Uh, this is this was very cool. But Adam says, that, "Hey, just wanted to say that I love the podcast. I'm new to prepping, and I'm thankful that I found a place that I can learn about it from someone who loves Jesus and views the world like I do. Keep up the good work." Hey, Adam, that um, that means a whole whole lot to me. Uh, I really do appreciate um, your your message and uh, your 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 kind words. Uh, I did click on Adam's link, and so Adam runs a website called BlueFamilies.com, and uh, it says the vision is small group Bible studies designed to help law enforcement families strengthen their relationship with God as well as each other. And so uh, I do have a friend, a pastor friend. He is the chaplain uh, in uh, in Rosenberg, and uh, so it's a you know it's a, a a suburb of Houston. So I'm going to pass this. I think I'm going to tag him on Facebook. So, uh, you know, see if uh, he's interested in some of these resources over over uh, at bluefamilies.com. And uh, so, um, you know, some some uh, small group resources and some Bible studies that uh, that you can use. So, uh, again, Adam, thanks so much, man, for uh, for your comment. It's always uh, encouraging when I get something like that. And uh, so welcome to, to the podcast and welcome to uh, Preparedness. Our first article of the podcast comes to us from thesurvivalmom.com. And uh, the, the title of the article is The Top 10 Best Ways to Improve Urban Security. And I think this is, uh, well, I, I got to say, I got to apologize to Lisa um, because we, I had it up on Prepper website and I really didn't, uh, I, I really messed up. I, I, I didn't realize that we didn't link to it very uh, or correctly, so it was going to an off-site, or it was going to the survival mob, but it wasn't going to the actual uh, article. And so uh, I was like, man, kicking myself. And uh, so I went in and I fixed it. You know, James from I Am Liberty he sent me uh, sent me an email like, hey Todd, the uh, the survival mom article is not not pointing in the right direction. So I I, we, I went ahead and fixed it today. Um, and uh, but I wanted to go ahead and read it on the podcast. I'm going to link to it on the podcast as well. Um, I think this is important, and the reason I think this is important is because as our economy continues to tank, um, you're going to have more people that are going to be in financial crunches, more people that are going to be looking for that easy buck, and so people are going to be targeting homes. I know that crime has gone up in my area, and uh, where in the past, historically, it hasn't been a high crime area, it has gone into that. I've talked about that before. Um, but I think as, as that continues to happen, uh, we're going to see more and more crime. And those of you that are out there that you are into preparedness, um, you want to make sure that you are keeping your house safe 
you want to make sure that you are layering your home. So, so layers of uh, security, layers of awareness, so that your house is a little bit harder to to hit. You know, the, they talk about uh, talking to uh, thieves and robbers, and they start asking them questions. And you know, this is research that has come out. Um, they're going to go to the easy targets. They're not going to go to the harder targets. So the harder that you can make it for someone to break into your home and to to steal your your hard-earned uh, you know things that you have purchased and and for your family and 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 from your home and and all that kind of stuff, uh, the the harder you can make it for them, uh, the more likely they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go find an easier target. And so I think that's very important. So you get a lot of these things here on this article. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. Being prepared isn't just about EMPs or super volcanoes. It's also about being ready to come for common bad things that happen every day, such as home break-ins. And as you expand your prepping supplies and food storage, you'll want to improve your security situation to, pr to protect those things. When we took a few minutes to evaluate our current home and property, we noticed a few areas that could be improved. Curtains on basement windows. Like many people in our area, we have unfinished basements that is most, mostly used for laundry and storage. But the tiny basement windows still allowed for someone to see in, especially if the lights were on. Because it's, it's an unfinished basement, it didn't require anything fancy. I took a single curtain panel I found on clearance, cut it into four pieces, hemmed a rough border for a tension rod, and instantly our storage downstairs became less tempting and more secure. As a side note, I'm not very good at sewing and usually delegate this sort of thing to my mother-in-law, but general sewing skills are a good idea to have in your prepper toolbox, and it's great when you can practice on something like this that doesn't have to look good. The cost was less than 20 bucks. Add padlocks and fix broken locks. We added a padlock to our perimeter gate so at night it can be locked from the inside. It doesn't mean that no one can ever get in our fence, but it does mean it would take longer and make more noise to do so, increasing our chances a would-be thief would give up or for us uh, an interrupting an intruder. We also fixed a broken lock on an interior storage cabinet for similar reasons. Cost $15 for bolt cutter resistant keyed lock. Next, put solar garden lights on the perimeter. This was my favorite because it made my flower bed look so pretty. But having solar lights on our fence post and down in the gardens means that when we hear strange noises, we might be able to see what's going on without leaving the house. The, this first week, truly, they were, they were up. We stopped four raccoons heading to the chicken coop. True, they weren't human intruders, but it was a good test that the solar garden lights would work the way we intended. Cost, about $4 a light. And man, you know, four raccoons could wreck a lot of havoc on a chicken coop. Uh, so yeah, man, that's a good, I think that's a really good investment. You don't want to lose your eggs. And the other thing is on, on that, you can always bring them in. If, you, uh, if the lights go out, you can always bring them in uh, in the evening time and use them to uh, light up your home. All right, uh, next, trimmed bushes. We have beautiful lilac bushes in the front of our house but they had grown so much in the last few years that it was difficult for me to see outside the front window. That meant it was hard for me to see who was coming to my front door or cars out on our street. By thinning these bushes, it left us some privacy, but made it much easier for me to see out. The cost? Zero. 
zero dollars since we already have the pruning shears and my kids did the work. Fix or install bright white lights and motion sensors at the entrances. We had a motion sensor light above our garage, but the sensor needed some attention and wasn't coming on reliably. We've also noticed a trend in our area where people change their outdoor lights to colored bulbs to show support for some causes. For example, green to support military vets. In my opinion, colored lights greatly reduce your home security. The idea, after all, is to illuminate entrances for your safety when you arrive home after dark and to make bad guys feel less secure. Consider putting up a yard sign or bumper sticker for the cause instead and stick with bright white lights for your entrance. Cost. The replacement bulbs will vary. A motion sensor kit is less than $50 on Amazon. Next, installed closed circuit cameras. Rather than paying home security companies, we ordered a set of closed circuit cameras and installed them ourselves. The sight of cameras may deter thieves, and if not, it may help catch them more quickly using video evidence. Cost, about $100 for a few cameras and a storage hard drive. If you don't want to DIY, there are inexpensive options out there, such as retinasoftsecurity.com that starts at $10 a month. Um, I, I'll tell you that doing this is really easy, and some of the ones, uh, the security cameras that you buy, um, do have apps that you can download that, that are free, and so you do get that. Um, they connect to your wireless, uh, you know, your your home wireless network, and so you can uh, watch what's going on uh, from you know at home on your on your phone because you have that app. As long as you can connect to connect to it. And so uh, you got to be you got to be careful. You got to change passwords because there there has been that issue where um, you know passwords are just you know your very basic passwords like admin and and the password is actually password. And so then anybody can view into your home or view your cameras and stuff like that. Uh, so you want to change all that, but um, it, it is pretty powerful. And so uh, you can DIY that to where you're not paying that monthly charge. All right, next. Rethink access to your personal defense items. For example, if someone forced their way into your front door while you were home, perhaps you could easily reach your personal defense items in time. But what if it was the back door or that basement window? People with larger properties often keep personal defense items with them at all times. You might rethink access even in a small urban home or apartment because if that situation occurs, seconds count. The cost is zero to rearrange what you already own, so it's easier to reach no matter where you are in the home. Next is split up supplies. This one is specific to your preps, but consider dividing up your food, storage, cash, personal defense inventory, or anything else to at least two places in your home. You'll increase your chances of having something left in the event your home is damaged or robbed. Cost, zero dollars. Repair or replace fencing. We had a 15-year-old section of privacy fencing that was literally falling apart. If the chickens could push through it, surely a bad guy wouldn't be slowed. We also chose to replace our bent-up chain link with six-foot wood panel fencing. Our backyard privacy and security improved drastically over just a few weekends. The cost? It varies depending on repair or replacement and length and type of fencing. Next, make sure items are stored out of sight. Again, this is just rethinking what you already have and where it lives. More expensive items should be locked up and perhaps even stored indoors. For us, this will be an ongoing effort. The cost, zero dollars. 
Most of these weren't super expensive and didn't take much time. All of them we could do ourselves. Your list may be quite different than mine, but take a quick walk around your apartment, home, or property and see what you could do to improve your own security. As a bonus, improving your home security might also reduce your home insurance payment. You could even start your list by checking with your home insurance agent to see what would count towards your policy. What task made it on your list? All right, so um, uh, one of the, the uh, well, there's one comment here, and so I'm just going to read this one really quick because I think this is a good one to uh, consider. One thing that only takes five minutes to do is replacing the existing one and a half inch screws that hold your front door on the hinges, hinges and also the faceplate on the door frame with longer three and a half or four inch screws. All right, so uh, yeah, that would cost less than $10 and really uh, makes your door a little bit uh, sturdier if someone was to try to you know, uh, kick it in or, or push it in. Uh, you know, that's something to, to do. Um, Good, good advice. I mean, like I said, I think, you know, whatever you can do around your home or, you know, or your apartment or wherever you're at, whatever you can do to make it less appealing for, uh, you know, thieves and robbers, I think that's the better, you know, for you. Um, like I said before, you want to consider putting layers into your home security. Uh, I did write an article a while back on Ed That Matters called Laying, Layering Your Home for Security, A Necessary Strategy in Hard Economic Times. And so I am going to link to that one in, in, the, in the show notes if you're interested in going to that one. But uh, you know everything you do. So for instance, uh, one layer could be something as simple as putting uh, a home security sign in the front, uh, in, in, in the front area of your home, like maybe in a flower bed, right? So uh, you, you can go buy these off of Amazon. You can buy them at Homes and, and Lowe's. Uh, you know, and so it'll say this home protected by whatever, whatever, uh, you know, security or alarm system. And it might be a real one. It might be a fake one. Who knows? Um, but it, it does deter because it's, it'll make the thieves think twice. Like, hey, having, um, having an alarm system is just another layer that I got to get through to make sure to... Uh, to break into these people's houses and it can cause attention and I don't uh, I don't want that and uh, you know they don't know if you really do have an alarm system or not all they do is see that sign so that can be a layer so you can go from that all the way up to really having an alarm system or even having something that uh, when you're home uh, you can have a brace that uh, would would cause someone uh, to reinforce the front door or any door so that it couldn't be easily kicked in to all different kinds of things. Having a dog, right? A dog that actually barks would be another layer. And so a bunch of things to consider uh, there just to make your home safe. Uh, and so a lot of the times, like this article said, it's, it doesn't cost a lot or it's a, just a small little investment that would have a big payoff. So that's over at the survivalmom.com um, and uh, go check that one out um, you know, and see if you can implement some of those things uh, in your own home. All right. Um, every Friday for the Friday podcast, uh, lately I've been going over to the Facebook group and guys, we've, we've been having a lot, just I'm bringing that up. We've been having a lot of great conversations, a lot of things, uh, post, uh, you know, placed on that, that group. And like I said, I'm so glad that it's not, 
um, you know that I that I'm like posting everything. Is everybody is taking part in that, and they're they're posting articles that they're finding, and they're uh, giving advice. And man, I just I just love that, right? Uh, uh, John Rourke over at 1776 Patriot USA, um, like he he linked to to the Facebook group, and he just you know he mentioned, hey, this is it's so good to be in a group that doesn't. Uh, you know, just try to tear down everything that you that you post, or uh, you know, is rude and whatever. You know, something along those lines. So um, that was very encouraging. I appreciate John doing that, uh, and we really do. I really want to have a Facebook group that is supportive, uh, especially of new preppers. Man, you're a new prepper. You know, you post as a new prepper in some of these other groups. And man, people just start dogging you left and right. Or you go to a forum, or even leave a comment in the, on a website, and a lot of the times people will start dogging you, like you're, you know, like all of a sudden you you decided to your eyes are open and you decided to start prepping, but then you should be an expert all of a sudden, and that just always, always just gets on my nerves. And so I don't want that to be part of the Facebook group. So if anybody would start to do that, I just I have to start kicking them, uh, having flashbacks of when I used to play online games and would kick kick people from servers. But uh, uh, so hey, any any uh, online gamers from the back in the day uh, out there? Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about all the the fun I used to have playing those online games. Uh, anyway, so you know, want to keep that, want to keep it the Facebook group a place where is uh, is uh, a place of learning. So uh, if you're not a part of the Facebook group, come on, come on by and, and join us. But uh, one of the things I started doing is uh, somewhere in the week, I'm like, hey, what kind of article do you think um, would be good to read for the Friday podcast? Because I usually pull one from the archives. And so uh, last week, um, you know, one of the one of the uh, the comments was, hey, something on sleeping, right? Uh, you know, sleeping out there. And uh, so we did the sleeping bag one. And then also last week, it was something about winter and, uh, you know, winter in your home and stuff. And so I went into the archives and I found one. Um, and this is an old one. And actually, it's from, so it's from uh, readynutrition.com. So my, my friend Tess over there, uh, let me see, it was, I think it was like 2011, uh, was it? Let's see. Yeah, it's like five years old. And uh, so I was like, wow, this is really, really old. So when I linked to it from, or when I clicked on the link on the, on the, the archives, um, I guess Tess has uh, redone her, her, um, her website and uh, the, naming, the naming of the, of the articles were different. So I had to search for it, but it wasn't too hard to find. But uh, I think this is a good one. It does provide some, some great advice for you that, that are up there in the, in the north and you have some really brutal winters. Um, you know, uh, I can't even imagine uh, having to go through some of the, the, the cold that you have up there without heat. That would be so crazy. Because uh, I know sometimes there, there's times where it gets really cold here and I'm just lately, I'm just cold natured. Uh, so that would really suck for me. But uh, let's go ahead and read this one because there's some good advice here and uh, some things that maybe you didn't realize or didn't think through. And like I said, this is an older article, but I think it has a lot of great advice. So uh, again, this is uh, from readynutrition.com. I'm gonna, Like I always, I'm going to link to it. But the name of the article is Winter Warmth When the Grid is Down. All right, let's start reading. I live in a northern climate in a home without a fireplace. The heat in my home is totally dependent on the grid. Since the weather is cold here at least eight months out of the year, much of my prepping attention is focused on keeping the family warm. 
In years gone by, most northern homes had either a fireplace or a wood stove for heat. Our society has become so certain that the grid is permanent that many homes built over the past 50 to 60 years have been designed without those vital elements. The first and best choice for alternative heating is wood. If you don't have that option, don't despair. There are many other ways to stay warm if the grid goes down. Number one is propane heaters. There are several propane heaters on the market that do not require electricity. I own a little buddy heater. These small portable heaters are considered safe for indoor use in 49 states. They attach to a small propane canister and use 2 ounces of fuel per hour to make 250 square feet extremely warm and toasty. A battery operated carbon monoxide detector provides an extra measure of safety when using these heaters indoors. And let me tell you, I um, not too long ago, I, I was first introduced to these little buddy heaters, or I started really looking into them. I, I went to a football game, and uh, it was cold, and I, I had a, a it, it was winter time here, and so it was one of, uh, I guess, the students that uh, used to attend my, my school, and so I went out there, and you know, one of the teachers was there, and so we were talking, but it was cold, and we wound up sitting behind, uh, we were in bleachers, uh, stadium seating, and, we, and uh, we sat behind a parent who had one of those uh, heaters that you attach one of the small propane tanks to. Uh, but it, uh, it, it wasn't a little buddy, but it was just one that kind of had a, a heating element and would, and would push out heat. And let me tell you, that sucker was warm. We were behind her, and we just we felt the warmth. I mean, it was, and it felt really good when it was. You, you're out there in the open field, and the breeze is blowing, and uh, I mean, you you're you're buttoned up, but you still it's still cold. And I was like, man, that puts off a lot of heat. That's something I want to look into. And then uh, the only thing that kind of concerned me is that the base for that one wasn't as sturdy, and I found the little buddy heater. And uh, I do have one of those, and we have used that up in the country. So that might be something that you're interested interested in if uh, you need to uh, to keep warm. All right. So number two is kerosene oil heaters. Kerosene heaters burn a wick for heat, fueled by the addition of heating oil. An antique perfection oil heater can be a charming addition to your decor that can be called into service during a grid down situation. Click here to read more information about the different types of kerosene heaters that are available. Of course, the above options require fuel that may not be available after an extended disaster. Use a combination of these keep warm strategies to extend your fuel provisions. Seal off a smaller area to heat. When our furnace went out one winter, we huddled into a small room with just one window. We closed the door to the bedroom and used a folded quilt at the bottom to better insulate the room. You can also hang heavy quilts in the doorways of rooms with a heat source to block them off from the rest of the house. Uh, you just want to be careful if you are doing something like, uh, you just want to make sure that there is air coming in uh, and so you're just not completely sealed off. Um, uh, next thing is insulate your windows. You can use a plastic shower curtain and duct tape topped by a heavy quilt to keep the wind from whistling through your windows. This has the added benefit of keeping the windows dark if you are concerned about offset. Um, I've also heard that you can get those, um, the plastic, oh my gosh, so I'm having a, a brain meltdown here. I'm not, I, 
I can't. Uh, so the you know when you get the uh, get something from Amazon and you have the little plastic plastic sheets and they have all those bubbles. But I got bubble wrap. Come on. Oh my gosh, it's Friday. Can can you tell that it's Friday? And it's really not even Friday. It's Thursday night, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm dead tired. But anyway, so bubble wrap, right? And so you can get bubble wrap, and you can um, it'll actually uh, just lay on on your window, and it kind of uh, creates a double pane there for you. And so that will help to insulate as well. So if you, you know, that bubble wrap, if you ever get bubble wrap from any packages or whatever, you might want to keep that and you can use that to insulate your windows as well as doing what she mentioned here uh, in this one where you can insulate your windows using a plastic shower curtain and then uh, a heavy quilt on top of that. All right, next thing is light some candles. Burning candles can add s some much needed warmth to a small area. All right, so... Uh, I, I just want to talk a little bit about this because I first experienced this here uh, in Houston in in summertime and uh, uh, re learned re really really fast not to have a bunch of candles on. So when we when we were younger, we ran the group home. We lived in a big home. Uh, we, you know, we took care of four to seven kids in CPS custody. Uh, you know, for about eleven and a half years. And so uh, this was before my, my prepping days. So one evening the lights went out and it might have been a storm. I can't remember exactly, but the lights went out and it was still too early to go to sleep. So we all gathered in the front room and uh, it was a big front room. Uh, and so we, I turned on some candles just to make everybody feel comfortable and uh, turned on candles. So I turned on about five candles and had them all over the, the living room and uh, it brightened up the whole room I and mean, we had plenty of light, right? And so we're all sitting around talking and chatting and, you know, having a good old time. Uh, but then we realized very, very quickly that it heated up the room uh, big time. And so, uh, you know, we started turning off those those uh, those candles and uh, because it was just it was just too much. And, you know, uh, in Houston, uh, it wasn't it wasn't wintertime. It was uh, it was it just sucked. So anyway, candles can add a lot of heat to a room, especially if you do the closing it off thing where, uh, where you close it off. You just want to be careful that you're setting it in places where, um, where people can't easily dump it over. So during Hurricane Harvey, when we lost power overnight, I didn't want to keep my flashlights on or anything like that. Uh, we were all you know, kind of in the, in the living room as well, sleeping there. And uh, so I left one candle on and uh, set it in the area where I knew that it wasn't going to be tumped over if someone got up. Uh, but it did create a little bit of light so that we could get to our flashlights if we needed to get up and go to the restroom or whatever we needed to do. But uh, candles can provide uh, uh, some decent heat. And uh, you, if you go to a thrift store uh, and you find some cheap candles, it's always a good idea to have you know extra candles put back, uh, especially the big ones, right? The big ones that... Um, uh, that are very sturdy, uh, not necessarily your tapered ones, although you know your tapered ones do serve a purpose as well. But I'm talking about those big sturdy ones or even the ones that come in um, that you know have the glass jars and like Yankee candles, some of the you know some of you know what I'm talking about there, but uh, you know not even the, the expensive Yankee candles, you can get the cheap ones, right? Um, be on the lookout at Walmart for, because during um, you know, so during like the, the the fall, they'll bring out a bunch of their candles and you know pumpkin spice and all that junk, right? Uh, but then the ones that don't sell, uh, they get uh, you know they get discounted very very heavily, very deep discounts. 
And uh, I've picked up some nice candles for like 2 or $3. So uh, be on the lookout for that. All right, so that's the candles there. Next one is use heavy sleeping bags. Zipping into a sleeping bag will conserve your body's warmth more than simply getting under the covers. So good advice there. And so uh, hitting garage sales and thrift stores, uh, you can find some cheap sleeping bags. All right, pitch a tent. This works especially well when you have children because it adds an element of fun to an otherwise stressful situation. Inside a tent, you can combine your body heat to stay much warmer. And that's some good advice too. So if you have a tent, you can put the tent inside your living room. Uh, you can do that double insulation thing or you can put it in a room that you've kind of sealed off. You can uh, you know, make your little pallets in there and zip it up and uh, you, know, you can be nice and, and warm in there. All right, uh, heat some rocks. Uh, if you have a place outdoors for cooking fire, you can add large rocks to the fire. Rocks retain heat for a very long time. When you are ready to go to bed, move the rocks into a cast iron Dutch oven. Very carefully take this into the room that you are heating. The stones will emit heat for several hours. This is an excellent way to passively heat your room when you're sleeping. With this method, you don't have to be concerned about the potential of a fire or carbon monoxide poisoning during the night. You know, uh, if you ever look into what people in the old days did uh, for uh, to heat up their 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 beds at night, you know, to to keep them warm, they had those heating pans, right? And so they would put. Uh, I, I remember seeing this when I went to, uh, when we were a kid. We uh, we went to George Washington's uh, Mount Vernon, right? And I remember seeing this, and they were talking about it. Um, so this big old pan, this long pan, and uh, they would put coals in there, and it would warm up this pan, and they would put it in between the covers or put it in between the mattress, and and uh, I guess it wasn't a box spring, but uh, would whatever it would it would warm up the mattress so that when you got in uh, into bed. You weren't, you know, you didn't get into this cold bed. It was already warm, and uh, you can get it, you know, get a good night's rest there. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of that same idea there, right? Uh, you, that you can uh, bring bring that in. So you would have to be very, very careful um, and make sure, you know, you're, you're doing it right, and also make sure that the rocks that you're using that they don't uh, that they're not porous and they don't blow up on you. That would be bad as well. But that is an option, I guess, if you if you don't have some of these other things. All right, next is dress warmly from head to toe. Most body heat is lost through the top of the head, so always start with a warm knit hat. Layer your clothing, making sure your chest and neck are covered with a scarf. Lightweight gloves will also help you maintain your warmth. Wear heavy socks and shoes to protect your feet from cold floors. Good advice. Um, this uh, this last weekend when we were with some of our pastor friends, one of them doesn't have any hair. He has a bald head. And uh, we were talking about being cold and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And he says that he sleeps with a hat at night uh, because he, he is cold. And so that's great advice. So when you're going to bed, you know, make sure that you're nice and warm and you're layered. And that will definitely help. Um, next thing is cook. If you're a cooking, if you're if your cooking method does not require electricity, use it to generate heat as well as a hot nourishing meal. The addition of steam also makes the house warmer. Add a kettle of water to the top of your stove. 
So it's the very same idea of the why we say don't cook or don't turn your oven on during the summertime if you're trying to uh, save you know electricity on on cooling your home is because your stove can add a lot of uh, heat to your house and cause your electricity and your AC to work overtime. The same idea would be helpful in the in the wintertime if you're trying to heat. All right. Uh, next thing is drink warm beverages like ho- hot cocoa, coffee, or tea that can increase your body temperature. Next thing is snuggle. Combine your body heat to stay warmer. And then use a hot water bottle. This can provide additional moist radiant heat in your tent or closed off room. In your search for warmth, makes certain that you also maintain safety. Keep fire extinguishers handy and invest in a battery operated carbon monoxide detector. Keep children and pets pets away from items that could burn them or that could tip over, causing a fire. Be sure to store all flammable materials such as propane and kerosene according to manufacturer's instructions. All right, so um, yeah, the post was originally posted November 2012. Uh, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of links here, and some of them uh, were kind of sad. I got to tell you that they they're they're not you can't find them. Uh, someone was talking about a great heater. From Mother Earth, that uh, a Mother Earth Mother Earth waste oil heater, and you can build for thirty six to sixty dollars, and so you can find the plans. So if you will search, if you do a Google for, or just uh, if you're using maybe a Chrome browser, you can highlight Mother Earth waste oil heater, and then right click and, and say search Google, and it will take you there. Uh, and there are plans for you to build this oil heater, and basically it will uh, it'll burn all kind of weird you know oil and all kinds of stuff and so uh, you can that's a viable solution and then there was uh, there was a link here that kind of made me sad that this one's not working uh, it says also they have plans on how to build a 12 volt swamp cool cooler super cheap at uh, surviving the surviving economic collapse.blogspot.com but when you go there um, the site's been taken down uh, I don't know why because Blog spots don't normally, don't, I mean, you don't have to take those down, but whoever had the site, I guess, didn't want it up anymore. But anyway, so, uh, you know, that's something to look at. And the swamp coolers, are, I mean, you can do a YouTube uh, search on that one and you can find some there. Uh, someone said that uh, it is a myth that uh, heat escapes mostly from your head. And so I don't know about that. Uh, there, There's a link here that they that they give you that you can go check out. But anyway... Uh, some extra information on kerosene heaters that you can check out. So yeah, if you're up there in the in the north and you have some bad winters, man, this is a lot of stuff to, to keep in mind. Um, I remember reading an article of a, of a young couple who uh, I guess they were new into preparedness, or they they maybe this was what caused them to get into preparedness. And so uh, you know they they suffered through uh, a winter. Uh, or a couple of days because their their electricity was out, and so having some of these things in the back of your mind and that you can start to implement uh, and to make life just a little bit uh, better for you and for your family would be uh, a, a big big deal there. And uh, not only the north, but and there's times down here in the south when it gets pretty cold, and uh, you know definitely not you know blizzard and stuff like that, but it gets kind of cold, so you can implement some of these things. Uh, as well, uh, you know, a little bit more easily, but uh, ideas to to keep in mind uh, so that you can stay warm. All right, so um, two great articles. Um, you know, like always, I'm going to link to them on the the show notes 
or if you uh, on iTunes or if you have any of the the podcast catchers and they show you the show notes, you can get to it that way. Uh, or you can always come to episode 163 at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and you can uh, access that. Hey guys, uh, it's been another great week. I appreciate you hanging in there with me and uh, learning learning how to be more self-reliant. Um, I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope you get to go out there and enjoy uh, maybe some dirt time, get to do some fun stuff, get to relax. I know I'm going to be relaxing and uh, taking it easy. But uh, I also have some big projects that I'm working on. And uh, i got to tell you, uh, when I get this project done, I, I have this idea in my head that I want to send it to the subscriber list first and to get some feedback before I release it out to the public. So if you are on the email list, I just want you to know that when I get ready, when I get done with this project, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it out to you and I'd love to have your feedback. Uh, so uh, you can sign up for the email list over at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And for, the, for a short time until I, I move into this next project and release this next project, you will automatically be enrolled in uh, the, the, the free e-course, Building a More Self-Reliant Life. But eventually I'm taking that down. So I'm, that's going to be taken down pretty soon. So if you've been wanting to do that, go check that out and uh, be a part of the email list. There's a lot of advantage to that, uh, not only from uh, you know getting getting stuff that I send out every once in a while, but also uh, making sure that there is a way that we can stay connected if things really really get crazy and things start getting shut down all over the place. I'll leave that to your imagination. Hey, so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace. <laughs>